When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Wolfpacker Show. My name is Ethan McDowell, and I am here with Noah Fleischman, and we are here to fully break down NC State's upcoming matchup with Wake Forest on the road in Winston-Salem. The game will be broadcast on the CW Network, a friendly network for the Wolfpack so far this season. And um, we're going to break down everything that has to do with the game. And But first, before we do any of that, we are going to talk a little more about the recent quarterback news Noah, before we get to anything else, let's talk quarterbacks. Um, we reported earlier this week that MJ Morris will redshirt this year. Everything I've heard indicates that is still the case. I do not expect him to play. I expect Brendan Armstrong will be at quarterback when the Wolfpack takes the field against the Demon Deacons this weekend. Now, now that you've had a chance to kind of sit in the news, you kind of absorb it. It was kind of a whirlwind when we found out um, in the early part of this week and trying to get it reported and everything. But now that you've had some time to really think it over, think through everything that's happening, where are you at with um, you know the news around the NC State signal callers this week? I mean, it, I guess it was a surprise beginning. We already talked about that, you know, when the news broke. But I think, you know, the more, you, the more I've thought about it, the more I think that it won't be that big of an issue for NC State this year. If you look at Armstrong and Morris's numbers almost identical. Their most statistic numbers are within a few percentage points of each other. Armstrong's going for more yards. You know, he's got touchdowns. You know, he does have more interceptions, but um, you know, they're they're pretty similar quarterbacks, and and I think that it doesn't really change much of what NC State's going to try to do on offense. The whole point is to get the ball in MJ Morris's hand, or not MJ Kevin Concepcion's hand which they've done a pretty good job at. And, you know, Brendan Armstrong can run. And, and I think that's going to be an interesting thing to do, to kind of play around with. He, you know, he, he, when he came to games recently, it was like, okay, he's going to run. Now he's back in that role of he's going to throw and run. And I think that makes it a little more difficult to defend him when he's in the game. And I think that that helps NC State's offense not become as predictable because, it, you know, when he came in the game, he played 10 snaps and had, I think, eight carries this past week against mm-hmm. Miami. So that kind of shows, you know, defensive coordinators see him running in the game. They're going to be like, okay, prepare for a quarterback run of some kind. So I think that that helps a little bit. Um, but other than that, we'll see, you know, how they decide to, to really use him if they try to do different things because the, the offense has changed since the last time he played. So we'll see how he kind of fits into that. And Robert and I has been, you know, bringing a lot of unique stuff to the offense this year and especially the past few weeks since the bye and we'll see what he has dialed up for, for Brennan Armstrong, a guy he's he knows really well, and he, he can play to his strengths. Because, you know, yes, um, yesterday on the Dave Dorn radio show, he talked about Robert and I. He basically went to him in the bye week and said, let's do some crazy things. And, and they're, they're doing some different things. They're huddling more. And, and I'm sure we can talk about the reason why they're huddling more. But, you know, overall, I think it's it's going to be okay. And I don't think this really changes NC State at too much, other than the fact it's a little more turnover-prone quarterback now playing. But maybe four weeks on the side and, and four weeks as that runner 
kind of help, you know, reset him a little bit. And, you know, we, we can see, you know, the interception number come down a little bit. Yeah. And I think yeah. most of the panic amongst yeah. NC state fans over the past couple of days has been rooted in the fact that MJ Morris is the quarterback of the future at NC state. And now that appears to be in question whether he'll stay or go. There's no concrete info on that, but um, now it is a big question. I think that's where most of the concern has come from NC State fans over the past few days. But um, as far as this season goes, I think the ceiling on the Wolfpack offense stays pretty much the same. I, I, I think they're, um, like you said, their numbers are pretty identical. Um, the only difference is I think MJ was doing a really good job taking care of the ball in two turnovers and two games out of the bye week for the Wolfpack. And um, now you're looking at it and you're like, okay, the ceiling's probably the same, but the floor is probably lower. With how with the, with the frequency we saw Brennan Armstrong turn the ball over um, in the first part of the year, I think um, it, that is worth being concerned about. But um, I think NC State and Robert and I will come out with a game plan that is constructed to minimize those mistakes and um, keep NC State in in games because with the way that defense is playing right now, it's going to be in every game. As long as you don't turn the ball over and you don't give teams short fields to work with, it's going to be very hard to drive the full length of a field on NC state's defense for the rest of the season. And um, unless you have an elite offense, which, um, you know, gets us in the wake force because they don't have an elite offense. We're going to talk through that and um, preview it. But first, just a quick housekeeping note before we dive into the full uh, Wake Forest preview. Noah and I are both writers for the Wolfpacker.com. That's NC State's site on the On3 network. Um, right now, we have tons of content up, whether that's recruiting scoops, um, team info for both basketball teams, um, the, of course, <laughs> constant football content as well, and the latest news and analysis for the quarterback situation at NC State. You can find all of that on the Wolfpacker.com. Right now, it is only $1.00 for your first month if you're a new subscriber. So go check it out. And um, yeah, subscribe to thewolfpacker.com and um, you know, join an ex- exciting, growing community of NC State fans over on our message board as well. All right, well, let's dive into Wake Forest. Right now, the Demon Deacons sit at four and five on the year, one and five in the ACC. Their only conference win is over Georgia Tech earlier this year, and they've lost to Duke and Florida State, Virginia Tech, and others so far this season. Uh, They haven't done much to inspire confidence in the post-Sam Hartman, Wake Forest era. Um, Dave Clawson's such a consistent coach, but um, this has just been a down year for them. Um, Pretty plain and simple. Florida State blew them out, but there's no shame in that. Absolutely no shame in that. Florida State's, of course, the best team in the conference this year. But then they also lost the last second game against Duke last week with um, with Duke's third string true freshman quarterback in the game. So now you're looking at a situation where, you know, they have to scrap and claw and win two of their last three games against uh, NC State, Syracuse and Notre Dame to achieve bowl eligibility. So for them. And this being their senior day, too, I believe. Um, There's a lot on the line for this game. They've had a couple extra days to prepare for it. Um, So it's going to be it's going to be an intense NC State rivalry game because, man, Wake Forest, you know, if if you live in in this area, you know, Wake Forest wants to beat NC State pretty dang bad every single year. 
And um, Winston-Salem has been kind of just a, a nightmare place to play for NC State. They've only won in one trip out of their past 10 in, in Winston-Salem. That, that, that's a staggering number. So, Noah, from your first glance looking over Wake Forest roster, looking over their season so far, just what do you think of how they match up with NC State? Two teams that have really good defenses and offenses that are up and down. I think that's kind of the best way to, to look at this game. Um, and I think it'll be one of the defensive side of the ball um, when you look at it like that. But one thing is Wake Forest is turnover prone. They've got a negative five turnover margin this year, nine fumbles, nine interceptions. NC State, the plus five turnover margin over that same stretch. I think NC State's defense has one thing in mind, which is forcing some turnovers, causing havoc and chaos. And Tony Gibson talked about it yesterday that, you know, they're going in there wanting to basically punch someone in the face and, and, and take the ball away. And I think that this is an opportunity for them to do that. Um, and, and short fields help this offense immensely, especially an offense that is, you know, going a sudden change, you know, at a pretty key position this week. So turnovers will help. I think that's going to be the biggest thing. And, and you know, Mitch Griffiths, he's in, he's in his first year starting, but he's been in this program for three years at Wake Forest, so he knows their offense really well. He's been up and down. He probably played his best game of the season against Duke. He started, to think, 11 for 11. Um, really was making smart decisions, throwing the ball down the stretch. They just fell apart. But we'll see. I mean, this is going to be a tough game to play. As you said, they don't play well. NC State doesn't at, in Winston-Salem. Dave Dorn has one win there. They've only won twice there since 2001 so uh you know a lot of these guys on the team have only ever seen one win in their lifetime maybe two you know when they're when they're really young so it'll be interesting but um i definitely think this is a game nc state should win and needs to win it kind of needs to we talked about that last week where it's winning the games it isn't favored and now it's got to win the games it's the favorite yeah right so you, you win two straight games if you're NC State as a home underdog. And now it kind of flips on you. Well, you're, you're six and three now. Like that, that's, a, that, that's a solid record going into the home stretch of a season. Um, it's much different than where, where they were at four and three coming out, of, coming out of the bye week. So now you're looking at it like, okay, you are favored on the road in a place you don't normally win with uncertainty, with you know, I don't want to say chaos, but like just a lot of just a whirlwind around this team, this offense over the past week with them, how everything's unfolded at the quarterback position. So now it's going to be very interesting to see how they respond to that. Um, let's dive into both sides of the ball for Wake Forest real quick. We'll start with the offense. Um, you mentioned Mitch Griffiths so far this season. He's completing 59.8, so 60% basically of his passes for um 1,534 yards, nine touchdowns, and seven interceptions. Um, those aren't the numbers that Wake Forest is used to out of um, their quarterback position. So you kind of have to look at it. And if you dive deeper into those numbers, pressure has been a big issue for the Demon Deacons signal caller. Right now, when he's in a clean pocket, which um, Wake Forest has one of the more experienced offensive lines in the country, um, when it's a, he's in a clean pocket, he's completing 66% of those passes, five touchdowns, four interceptions. Under pressure, that drops to 41.2% with four touchdowns and three picks. So that's going to be something to watch. In really the past couple weeks, 
NC State has done a tremendous job disrupting opposing signal callers, keeping them on their toes, um, keeping them behind the sticks and into obvious passing situations. And when that happens, uh, man, <laughs> that defense tees off and um, it's comfortable leaving its cornerbacks on an island. And, um, you know, it will put a lot of pressure on a quarterback. And if they can get to Mitch Griffiths, I think they're going to be able to generate a lot of turnovers. So you look at that. And, um, you know, they've scored – they're tied with Virginia Tech for the fewest touchdowns in the conference so far this season. So um, that's something to keep an eye on as well. And, um, Noah, just have you – do you have any takeaways from Wake Forest offense? Obviously, it's a unique system. Just any thoughts on the slow mesh or any potential players that could present NC State with some issues? It's a tough – Tough offense to, you know, really replicate, I think, you know, in practice. Um, it's something that not a lot of teams run. So I think that's going to cause problems. And, you know, we've talked to some players this week on the defensive side of the ball, and they've got to just stay, um, what's the word, stay disciplined, you know, in, in, in what they're doing. Because, you know, if they jump a hole, then the running back at the quarterback is going to go the other way, and it's going to be, you know, a long day for, for NC State. Um, and Wake Forest is good. They've got, you know, Mitch Griffiths that we've already talked about. You know, Taylor Morin is, is a wide receiver. It's a pretty explosive player for them. He's been there a while, and, and he's really, really good. Dave DeWine talked about him on Monday. Um, so I think there's a couple of guys to really keep an eye on. Then they've got some some solid running backs too. So it'll be an interesting game, I think, in Winston-Salem. And it's a, it's a tall, I think, a decent test for this the NC State defense. It's seen explosive offenses before. I mean, Miami had one last week. They did a really good job at minimizing the damage there. And I think, you know, we're gonna, it's a different kind of offense. Um, but, you know, minimizing explosive plays against this Wake Forest team is still priority number one for the defense. And I think that past two weeks they've done a great job against really two, <laughs> two really good teams. And, and now you're going to get a team that's at the bottom of the ACC but can still do a lot of damage. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you mentioned, you know, it's a hard system to replicate in practice. And um, what Aiden White mentioned to us yesterday was that when you have that slow mesh point at the, you know, the handoff or play action pass, the whole defense is going to be collapsing in, which leaves the cornerbacks even more on an island than usual. And it also means that a lot of balls are probably going to get thrown Shaheen Battle and Aiden White's way. On um, on Saturday, um, I know for a fact that's something they enjoy, um, and they intercepted Sam Hartman three times. NC State did last year when Wake Forest traveled to Raleigh, so that'll be an interesting thing to watch. How NC State's cornerbacks handle being truly alone out there? There's going to be very little help. I bet you'll see a lot of Sean Brown and Devin Boykin even up and run support. So um, it, it'll be very cool to monitor how NC State's defense handles that this weekend. And, um, you know, they're going to have to check um, Jamal Banks, who's, you know, a very, very solid receiver. The numbers there aren't quite there because Wake Forest passing offense hasn't been as prolific as usual. But, um, you know, he still leads them with 47 receptions this year. And um, on his, like, 69 targets this year, he has zero drops. So he is a very reliable receiver at 6'4". 205 pounds so he is going to be a um a guy to watch on the outside for them um whether Shaheem or Aiden covers him we'll see but um that'll be one of the key matchups that I am definitely looking out for this weekend all right let's switch over to the defense which for me Noah I'm sure 
you think the same, but for Wake Forest defense, it really starts with um, one guy. It's Joshine Davis. I mean, he is a disruptor off the edge. Um, he's ranks number four in the ACC with six and a half sacks. He's recovered two fumbles. He's tied for number two in the conference with 12 tackles for loss. He has a very, very good um, 80.1 PFF pass rushing grade at six foot three, 259 pounds. So after one game after Dave Dorn complimented the very solid job that Jacarius Peak and Anthony Belton did on at the tackle spots against Miami, um, they'll have to replicate that success against Demon Deacons and against Davis, who is a very, very solid pass rusher. Um, you know, he'll force turnovers, he'll disrupt throughout a game. So they're going to have to match up well with him as well and protect um, whoever's under quarter, at, at quarterback this weekend. Noah, this is probably one of Wake Forest's better defenses um, in, in the Dave Clawson era. Just what have you seen out of that unit that could um, you know, slow down NC State's offense? It's a really capable defense when you look at them you know, on paper. 20 sacks in the year, but – they, the thing about them is they haven't really got, been that productive in the in opposing team's backfield in ACC play. They they have 20 sacks because the first three weeks of the year, they played Elon, Vanderbilt, and Old Dominion and put up 16 sacks there in that three-week stretch, including 10 at ODU. So I think that is quite interesting. Um, but they are good at getting in the backfield tackles for a loss. Um, they have 55 on the year. Um, so even though they had, you know, 16 sacks in the first three weeks, they still have found ways to get into the backfield and, and take down ball carriers that way. So I think that's been the biggest thing is keeping them out of the backfield. NC State kept Miami out of the backfield for the most part, only five plays behind the line of scrimmage, which Dave Dorn was pretty happy with. He took it. I mean, anytime that happens, so I think they're going to be happy if they can limit Lake Forest to under five tackles for a loss or sacks or anything behind the line of scrimmage. Um, I think it's going to be big, um, especially with, you know, Armstrong back there and, and, and he's got a very good pocket presence. I feel and he can get out of things and, and get rid of the ball a little bit. Um, he does force him things, but we'll see what happens. But I think limiting the amount of times Wake Forest is able to get through, not only get pressure, but actually, you know, tackle somebody in the backfield almost key um, just because of how, how much success that they've found this year so far. You know, the pocket presence is actually, I think what I'm worried the most about with Armstrong because I think we saw against Notre Dame against Louisville with these teams with really talented edge rushers, they would disrupt the pocket and that would lead to turnovers, including that, um, you know, game ceiling one against the Cardinals. But that's why keeping the pocket clean and pr- protecting against Davis's pass rush is going to be so critical this weekend. So it's going to, it's going to be really interesting to see, how um, Armstrong handles pressure from Wake Forest because we discuss it on the pod every week, Noah. Like the blueprints are there. Like teams know that if they blitz NC State, they'll be able to throw them off script, and that's what teams are going to do. Um, I think the key is going to be establishing a running game. I thought despite – I mean, they rushed for like 108 yards against Miami, which that's not like going to jump off the page at you. But when you consider <laughs> – that um, Miami was only giving up 86.9 rushing yards per game going into that matchup. You're like, well, that, that was that was pretty good. And um, it, it looked like there was, you know, offensive linemen were getting to the second level at times. 
they were clearing out holes and creating explosive plays, including um, Kendrick Raphael's first um, first touchdown on a 30-yard rush. So it's going to be interesting to monitor if that was a sign of things to come, especially when you know Armstrong was your leading rusher for that game. At this point, he's probably going to lead the team in rushing this season. Um, he still is. I, I think he'll um, end up, you know, being a focal point of the rushing attack, whether he's under center or however they use him this weekend. I think they'll um, he's going to be carrying the ball a lot, and um, that's going to be a big focus for this Wolfpack offense. I think they'll find some creative ways to get it done, whether that's you know options with. Um, Michael Allen or options with Kevin Concepcion, even, um, you know, triple options with Jordan Poole and Kevin Concepcion in the backfield. I don't think you can rule any of that out. Um, it'll be very interesting to watch that unfold over the weekend, but NC State's going to have to rely on their ground game, I think, because the passing game just isn't going to be at a super high level for the rest of the year unless something changes drastically based on what we saw from Armstrong's first five starts. All right, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we will just fully dive in to um, our predictions on both from both the spread, our final scores and all that good stuff. But before we do that, I want to say a quick thank you to our sponsor, GameTime. GameTime is a ticket buying and selling marketplace. Um, If you're looking for tickets to a game, a concert, a comedy show, whatever you are looking for, you know, they have it. <laughs> I use the game time app. It's super useful. Um, right now I'm looking at tickets for NC State's matchup with UNC senior day in Carter Finley stadium. After those ticket prices dropped a little bit over the past couple of weeks, let me tell you, it's a tough ticket to get again. Um, the cheapest ticket right now is $108. Um, it's nice game time. It doesn't try to get you to buy the premium tickets. It shows you the cheapest ticket right at the top, which I appreciate. Um, and my favorite thing about the app is when you go and you log in, I'll hold it up to the screen for those of you watching on YouTube, but you can see exactly where you'd be sitting and the view from your seat. I think that's really cool. takes a step out of the ticket buying process. Um, you know, I use it. Noah uses it. It's, um, you know, just an easy to use app, easy to use ticket buying marketplace and takes a lot of the hassle out of getting to your favorite game. Um, so yeah, if you're looking for a Canes game, you're looking for an NC State basketball game, football game, whatever, go check out GameTime in any app store or GameTime.co on your web browser. And if you do and you decide to buy a ticket, use all caps code WOLFPACK. That's all caps WOLFPACK for $20 off your first purchase. So it's a good deal. Go check it out. It's game time. And um, let's dive back into this, Noah. Okay, prediction time. Right now, NC State is favored by two and a half points on the road. Um, after being home underdogs for two consecutive games, they are now road favorites. So you talked about winning games that you're expected to win. It's a change of pace, change of expectations. Um, you can't have the same chip on your shoulder that you do when you're being slighted by 10 points at home to Clemson. Um, Noah, how are you feeling about um, NC State covering that spread? I think they do. Um, you look at this two-and-a-half-point favorite, I think they do cover. Basically got to win by field goal at that point. Um, but the way they've been playing is really inspiring, you know, some some hope and optimism, which I know that a lot of, you know, 
college football. It's not a good thing to have sometimes. <laughs> I mean, it just can get dashed in an instant. But, you know, I think they played really well against Miami Clemson, two, two games they shouldn't have technically won, according to Las Vegas. This one, they're supposed to win. So I think that NC State will find a way to win the game. They've done a good job out of the bye of, of treating it like a one-game season every week. They've gone 2-0 and in that stretch. Um, and Wake Forest is next on the agenda. And I think they're also really keen and aware of how NC State has fared in Winston-Salem of recent history. And they, I think the team knows Dave Doran talked about it on his radio show last night that he addressed the team, told them, hey, this place is not a place that NC State's played well. But it's a big rivalry game. It's one of the longest-running college football rivalries you know, ever. First met in 1895. Um, for those of you that don't know, I didn't know this at the time, but Wake Forest was actually in Raleigh, Wake Forest, North Carolina. So I thought that was kind of interesting. But I think, uh, I think they cover. Yeah, I'm with you. I think they're going to cover as well. Um, I'm picking them outright. We're about to dive into that. But um, I think, you know, it, it's, it's it's about time. It's They haven't won there since 2015. It's time to go in there and show that, you know, this this is a thing of the past. This is one of the longest-running college football rivalries. And um, NC State needs to go into Winston-Salem and say, hey, we're the favorite. And despite everything that's gone on this week, we're going to come in there and we're going to dominate. We're going to keep this positive momentum rolling. And that's what I expect out of the Wolfpack. So we'll see how they fare there. But um, we could dive straight into the predictions if we want, Noah. Um, right now, I have them projected to win 17-9. to I think it's going to be a defensive scrap. But um, I don't think Wake Forest is going to score a touchdown. I, I think in-state will hold them to three field goals. And um, because like, like you mentioned it early in the show, man, like in the past couple of weeks, they haven't allowed an explosive play for a touchdown. I think whether I don't know necessarily what fixed those problems. I'll need someone much more of a football genius than me to explain that. But um, they did. And now, you know, those. <laughs> 60-yard plays will turn into 30-yard plays, right? And when that happens, NC State's defense is good enough. They are opportunistic enough to come in and force turnovers, pull off fourth down stops. And then, of course, you force a college kicker to take a kick. There's a chance he's going to miss that attempt. So NC State has done a much better job keeping points off the board that way. And I I just don't see Wake Forest offense having much success. As long as NC State plays disciplined football, doesn't allow those, like, you know, um, break off chunk plays, then I think it's going to be a, um, a, despite it being a one score win, I think it's going to be a pretty comfortable one where NC State feels pretty in control defensively throughout that entire matchup. Um, Noah, what do you say about that one? I'm going to stick. I think NC State's going to win. I said they're going to cover the spread, so obviously it means they have to win the game. 24 to 10. 24 is magic number recently for, for NC State's offense. Um, I think they hit that again, and, and you know they rolled to a, a two-possession win. And I think that that's good. I think it may come down though to the defense making a stop, maybe putting seven points on the board. I think that that might probably be pretty likely in this scenario. Um, the defense has scored this season; they've done it. Um, I think that on the road in a rivalry game. That's a big, big momentum booster if the defense can get on the board. And I think that they will. I'm sure we're going to have a bold predictions about it, but I think they'll, they'll put seven points on the board for this this offense. 
Awesome. And, um, you know, you can go based off of both of our predictions right now, the over under for this game is 30, 43 and a half right now. Um, goes without saying, we both think it's going to go under that number. So, um, this is not betting advice, but, um, that is what we are predicting for that game. All right, let's dive into some predictions. Um, you know, it's, it had been a little cut and dry over the first five weeks when Brennan Armstrong was the starter and we were predicting who was going to lead the team in rushing. Well, now that um, Noah came off the top rope and predicted that Armstrong would lead the team in rushing against Miami, and that came true, now um, we're kind of in this spot again where, you know, again, Armstrong's expected to be the starting quarterback. Um, no official word on that, but um, that's based on the Wolfpacker.com's reporting. Noah, who is going to lead NC State in rushing against Wake Forest? Gonna stick with my guy. He pulled through last week. We're gonna go back to him again. Brennan Armstrong will lead the team in rushing. He's the overall team leader in rushing for the year. It's close though. Uh, I mean, Mike Lyons caught up to him a little bit, but I think Brennan, another big day on the ground for him. It's gonna be. It's I think gonna be needed not only to you know keep him, you know, ease him back into the playing. You know, seventy snaps maybe. You know, anywhere from fifty to seventy snaps. He hasn't done that in in over a month. Um, but it's also going to help just this offense continue to roll. And so I think Brennan Armstrong leads, and I think he does break off another big run. He had a 15-yard run against Miami, which was his longest run of the year, um, yeah. and, and ended up really turning into a 30-yard run on, on a penalty. So I think he's big and, and leads the team rushing. Yeah, and that run in particular was clutch, too. It was a third and two as a part of that um, 97-yard touchdown drive that it really broke the game open for the pack. Um I'm sticking with you. I think it's going to be um, a big day for Armstrong. Um, I'm like, I'm just really intrigued just to see how, how the offense looks. Cause you're right. It's so different now out of the bye week Like you can tell, like Anaya is like shoulder deep in his play calling bag right now. Right. Like he is just pulling out all sorts of interesting things. Um, having like two, two running backs off to one side of the quarterback and um, you know, starting the quarterback out wide and motioning him into the backfield to take the snap. There's all sorts of cool stuff going on right now. And um, I think Anai is going to, he he's, you know, worked with Armstrong for so long. He trusts the guy. And I think he's going to be able to really unleash the playbook with the graduate student signal caller. And we're going to see some, um, some, some interesting things in a, uh, in wakeful in Winston Salem this weekend, I do believe. And I think he'll lead the team in rushing. What about receiving, Noah? It's been a, you know, Kevin Concepcion has been a safe bet all year. Um, are, are you are you going off um, going off the uh, the beaten path here? I don't think so. I think I'm going to stick with Kevin Concepcion. And, you know, he's found success because NC State has found ways to move him in the offense, to move him around, to get him the ball in different ways. And, you know, kind of going off what you were saying on Robert and I, you know, pulling everything out of his bag. I mean, they started huddling. And David, you weren't talking about this on this radio show. They started huddling out of the bye. They're doing it a lot now. And he said it's mainly because they thought teams were getting too good of a look at them, going no huddle, lining up, standing there for a second, and they're doing it. So he wants them to huddle to, you know, kind of throw them off a little bit. And then all these motions they're running are just to tire the defense out a little bit and not really know what they're doing. So I like that. I think Kevin Concepcion continues his all-American type freshman year as a true freshman, you know, make it an all-American probably for a freshman list. Um, he's probably, you know, he, he's one of the best in the country. And I think that that he'll show that again this week at Wake Forest. 
Yeah, I hate to be boring, but I'm also going to go with KC here. I mean, he's, you know, like you said, one of, if not the best freshman in the country right now. I think it's going to be a really another really big game for him. I think um, if they weren't leaning on him enough now, I think they're going to really, really lean on him moving forward down the stretch here because he is the most dynamic player on that team. And yeah, I, I'm expecting actually a huge game from him against Wake Forest. Because, um, I mean, we, we saw against... um against Virginia and Louisville, it was kind of the tale of two games, right? Casey had um, his true emergence onto the national stage against UVA, just a two touchdown, huge game helped take the Wolf back to that win. Um, and then against Louisville, it was his quietest game of the year. He was open 13 times, but they couldn't find him. And that's kind of what spurred all of this offensive change over the past month, right? Where, um, they were like, all right, we're going to throw pop passes to him um, 10 times in this game and stuff like that. So, you know, keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on how Armstrong and Concepcion's connection looks in this um, new look Wolfpack offense. And um, let's move on to tackling. Again, you know, Peyton Wilson, he's on a tear. One of the best linebackers in the country, probably the best linebacker in the country at this point. He had 16 tackles against Miami. Um, and um, no, I, I don't know how, but like, it almost seems like a quiet 16. Like I, I, I wasn't at any point being like, wow, Paint Wilson's playing just at a different level. Cause it's the level we're so accustomed to at this point where 16 tackles is like, yeah, all right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. It sounds, sounds like Peyton Wilson, but um, no, I, I'm sticking with him to lead the wolf back in tackles, but um, no, no, give us some, something bold. G- give us some sort of bold prediction on someone else who could lead the wolf pack in tackles. Okay, I think I got it. I went with Sean Brown last week. He he, he didn't, didn't he played well, but it just he didn't rack up sixteen tackles. But this time around, we're gonna pick a linebacker. Not named Pete Wilson. He had nine tackles last week, second on the team in tackles. We're gonna go with Jalen Scott. You know, his last three games of his college career, really four at the bowl game, added on. He's playing like a man on a mission. I think he rivals Peyton Wilson this week. And, and, and maybe I'll tackle them by one. Maybe it's like 12 to 11. They're going to teamwork it a little bit. But I think Jalen Scott, you know, has a really good chance to, to kind of break in and, and be that leading tackler this week. Got it. I like it. Yeah, he, he had a really, really good game. Just a really impressive performance against Miami. So it'd be cool to see how that um, momentum carries over. All right. Before we get out of here, Noah, we always like to give one bold prediction before, um, before we wrap up the show. Um, Noah will have his full bold prediction story out on thewolfpacker.com tomorrow. But for now, Noah, give us a spe- sneak peek. What is one bold prediction, something Wolfpack fans are not going to expect that will happen during the Wolfpack's matchup with Wake Forest? Braden Arverson nails a 50-yarder or longer at Wake Forest. He's got a 57-yarder this year, um, which is a program record. He's got the range. He, he said he feels comfortable inside of 60. I think uh, Dave Thorne might give him a chance at Wake Forest to go out there and, and pull him through from, you know, 53, 54, 55, somewhere in there. I think he's going to have a 50-plus yarder. Yeah, you know, after two misses early in the season, he's been pretty pretty lights out all year, and in- including that record-setting 57-yarder against um, against Duke this year. Uh, my bold prediction is I think Kevin Concepcion will end up with over 150 total offensive yards. I think um, he's going to be heavily featured in the backfield and 
in the slot outside how he always is just moved all around the offense getting a ton of touches and I think he is going to have another huge game that sets up a couple of those Wolfpack scores that um you know they're going to need to beat Wake Forest all right well that's that's the show folks thank you all for tuning in to another episode um again check us out on the wolfpacker.com only one dollar to subscribe to all of our premium content um we appreciate your business Please, you know, subscribe, give us a like, a comment on YouTube. If you're on Spotify, um, you know, give us a rating as well. Any other podcast platform for that matter. And I'm um, thank you to our sponsor, Game Time. And we will be back Sunday morning with another show to recap everything that happened. Um, talk about everything we got right and what, what we got wrong about this matchup. All right. Thank you all for watching and have a good rest of your week. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.